Hey everybody, so I have been on a little bit of a hiatus. I recorded this back in July with Brandon. Um, he just finished his 75 day challenge with no alcohol. I was very proud of him. It was really, really cool. So I'm actually kind of motivated now to uh, try it myself again, you know. So um, it, was, it was a pretty cool podcast. It was probably my best, honestly. Like, uh, we just flowed all the way through the whole thing. I didn't make one edit when I did the second listen through. Um, for context, I'm doing the editing on December 22nd, <laughs> which um, I have been kind of putting this project on the back burner a little bit. But, I mean, it is what it is, right? You know, like, I, there's a lot that's happened between... July 4th and now, for example, I got two new jobs, you know, both of them I worked on pure commission, so, um, one being Allstate, I got that in August, and the other being, um, a real estate agent, so, I work at Allstate, and I work at, you know, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, so, if you need a house, or if you need insurance, you know who, who the hell to call, <laughs> so, but, um, no, uh, anyways, uh, without like any shame, any more shameless plugs, um, this is a, a really, really good podcast though. Like not even, I'm being as objective and unbiased as I can be, you know, it's my baby, but, um, I thought it was really good. So, um, without further ado, here's Brandon and I on the 4th of July. Thanks. All right. Well, me and Brandon are here uh, for our second official podcast. Say what's up, Brandon. What's going on, guys? Be crazy here. Here he is. So, I am just going to warn you, I am a little bit tipsy. <laughs> so, we're going to see how this one goes. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the skill is just like riding a bike, so. Okay. Uh, he has just opened up his first Bud Light Seltzer in, what, 75 days? 75 days. That's been fucking crazy, crazy, man. Like, I'm try like, I admire that. I really do. Like, it's a huge accomplishment. So, yeah, dude, the process was weird. It had its ups and downs. I bet, everything, yeah. man. There was some days I wanted a drink, and some days I was like, this is easy. That's on there. But the coolest part about it was it opened my eyes up just like to what was good in my life and what was like bad in my life. I think that was the biggest Expand thing. on that. Like, what do you mean? So I really thought like I had like a big alcohol problem. Like nobody in my family has had like alcoholism. Okay. But there was a point like when, and it may have been just because of quarantine, but like after the Super Bowl, dude, yeah, I started drinking like you, like heavily. Really? It's on there like every single night. So I'd be upstairs, you know, Drink like a couple beers or whatever, or I would like just drink a handle, damn like, hard liquor, and... a whole handle. No, no, just like oh, I, like I, sipping I, out I of it. Sip okay, it, you gotcha. Know, okay, yeah, the yeah. Night or whatever. I was like, Jesus and Christ, I'd go from a couple beers to a whole yeah, handle. <laughs> no, not that, okay. not like that. Yeah, so you. then I was like, man, I'm doing more a lot more drinking than what I've been doing. Like, what's the reason behind it? I was well, like, probably anxiety. It I mean, was that, like, was, yeah. it, was it anxiety? Was it depression? Was it, I was bored? You know, I was kind of searching through the navigation. Sure. That whole process that's on there. And I was, mostly I found out from it, it was mostly just like depression and boredom that's on there. 
And then the hmm. first, like, weekend of, like, quarantine, it, this is, like, right before the Michael Jordan yeah. uh, documentary came out. And then that Sunday, I was like, I want to try something hard in my life. And I was like, I've been drinking a lot lately. I was like, let's find out if, like, you know, if I have, like, a drinking problem or whatever. Yeah, something that, like, takes you over to where you're, right. like, Right, so then I was like, drink. I'm yeah. going to try, I was like, I looked at my, my calendar. I was going through, like, my notes and stuff, and I was like... I counted, I was like, what's the next next holiday we have in this, the calendar? And I was like, hmm, it's July 4th. Yeah. That's on there. And I, I counted the days, and I was like, that's pretty cool that it's 75 days. So I was like, you know, this was like at the start. Was it like after, after Memorial Day? It was April 20th was the first day. Well, so the first day that it was April 20th. Yeah. And then like, it was like the week before, like April 13th. So we were kind of like in the midpoint of like, you know, when quarantine and COVID was really, sure. really bad. So I was just like picturing, I was like, you know, I'm My not aunt. home right now. I'm yeah. not working right now. Let's try to do something fucking hard. So it went really well, like the first like couple days. And I was also like um, trying to mix in like eating healthier and doing intermittent fasting that's on there too as yeah. well. But then I had my low points too as well. Like that was on there where I was like, I would order out and stuff. And then also too as well, right? I would like you know, crave something else besides water. I did pretty well on soda, too, as well. I'd only have, like, once or twice a week that was oh, on that's there, really too, good. as well. Yeah. So I lost a shit ton of weight right away. I probably lost, like, I weighed on the scale one time. It was 15 pounds. Oh, like? I think I lost strictly 10 pounds just by not drinking alcohol Dude, for, like, a easily. Month. Yeah, I didn't realize could. it was going to yeah. be that much. Like, just not drinking any alcohol whatsoever. What's crazy, though, is most people don't realize how much they're drinking, either. You know? Like... They go, oh, yeah, they, they think because they didn't drink the night before that they haven't drank in a whole week. But then they actually think back like, oh, shit, I guess it was actually last Tuesday when I had a drink. And it's like, oh, and before that was Friday. Oh, and oh, and I had also some on Thursday that week before that. And then all of a sudden it just keeps adding up and more and more and more. Pounds. But when, when they, they think that one accomplishment equals... A month's worth of actual accomplishment, and it's not that you know. It, uh, if they have one day, they feel success. proud of themselves, and that's that's worth a drink. One day of success, <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's yeah. honestly what the whole process made me kind of realize. I was like, man, I kind of missed like that part of my life where I had super big discipline, and it wasn't like you know one, two, three things. I'd be like. It'd be like a, a big lifestyle thing yeah. that leads to success. It wasn't like one or two decisions, and I'm like, oh, I feel really good about myself. Exactly. Or yeah. Something. You, know? you have the, you have the momentum behind you. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's what I'm getting at is the fact that people have a momentum that they don't understand. Mathematically know? speaking, to back to what you were saying, if somebody were to say, let's just do like an example, because there's a lot of people out there that are like this. Let's say. Through the whole week, you know, like weekday, right? You know, they work, they eat semi-healthy, right? But they don't drink that's on there. What do you think the average person does on a weekend for alcohol? And that's okay. very general, but I'm just saying like... Like pre-pandemic or post-pandemic? <laughs> yeah. so let's go pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, I would Pre say like they would have a few drinks on Friday night to relax from the week. Okay. They would have their party day, I put that in quotation marks, on Saturday, which would be like five drinks. And then Sunday they'd be like, oh my god, I drank so much. 
and then I'm never drinking again, and then do the same thing on next the next Friday. Right. That is the American dream, quote unquote. <laughs> is they work for five days of their their life, and yeah. then they're off for two, and they're miserable for or no, they're off for two and a half, and they're miserable for two of those days. So how much of that process, you know, five good days, two bad days, like how much does that set a person at like, you know, neutral, backwards, forward? What do you mean? Um. So, like, let's say somebody is, like, you know, they are striving to, like, lose weight, right? Okay. That's on there. And let's just say they have, like, really five solid days. But then, like, like how you said, they have, like, two nights where they just, they consume a lot of alcohol, beer, maybe liquor, whatever. How much does that, like... How many well, like? How it would, depends on how good the good days are and how bad the bad days are. Okay, yeah. You know, so like, if you are okay during the week, like you, you eat fifty five percent of the uh, day well and forty five percent of the well the day bad. Okay. You know, and you do that for five days a week, but then on Saturday you're like, oh, the majority of the week was okay. I'm gonna do ninety five percent bad today and then five percent good. And that 5% was probably the water you drank when you brushed your teeth, you know? Like, that would be horrible for your diet. And that's what most people do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you're just mildly okay for your entire life, you'll have a way better success rate than the people who, who do it the other way. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you, dude. I think more people, like what you said, like, instead of having more, like, good, they have more bad, bad. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I think more people have that. That's all It's all about, like, percentage of, uh, you know, as long as you're consistent. That's, that's why consistency is the key when it comes to losing mm-hmm. weight, is the fact that if the majority of your life is okay, regardless of Saturday and Sunday or whatever the fuck your weekend is, right. you know, like, regardless of whatever those two days are, your, your weekend, quote-unquote, as long as 55 to 65% of your life is done healthily sure. you will get better and you will lose weight yeah. if it's the up if it's the latter if it's 65 of your of your life is bad and 45 percent is good you're going to gain weight i mean yeah. that's i can't break it down more simply than that you it's know just, like it's a mathematical it's all about doing more good than bad right. <laughs> when it comes to your health you know like i don't understand why people uh get themselves into like they, they do mental gymnastics to try and justify how bad they've been so you something know? that like alcohol does like for me so it's not so much like the night of that does me bad I what I realize is like it's the day after well yeah obviously and, yeah and then the day after is it's just like it's not even so much just from a standpoint of being like hungover it's what that state of mind does that mm. affects my decisions whether it's well, anxiety or if it's consuming like really unhealthy food and the amount of food, or if it's also, you know, drinking, like, Gatorade to the point where I've consumed, like, well, four even drinking, sodas. even drinking Gatorade isn't that good for you. Oh, I know. You know? Like, I know. Yeah. But, um, but it comes down to the same aspect, man. You know, like, you are what you eat. You know, it's a cliche, but, dude, like, where it's do you, true. like, what comes back down to the very first question I ask people on this podcast is where do thoughts come from honestly me and my cousins were talking about this the last podcast we just did we're thinking that well okay if your brain is a biological computer right right where does where where do computers thoughts come from 
It comes from the power source, right? Because yeah. that's what turns on the binary code. Yeah. That's what turns on the ones and zeros. Well, what is the biological power source? It's your calories. Right. <laughs> like that's, that literally powers your body. It's the energy. Yeah, so what you eat is what you think. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, so the better you eat, the better you think. You know, like the better your mind is. I wish I would have done it a little bit more consistently down there where like I ate like just super healthy I had like a really good first three weeks during it and stuff I wish I would have done a little bit better throughout the process that's on there but like how you said like I had super high energy at all times that's on there sleeping really well I'm like why would you want to end that you know and then I was like man this feels really freaking good yeah process though there was also too like um, through it where I was like man I could really go for like one beer and then I thought to myself I was like I would question myself I'm like why do you want that one beer whenever is it because you're bored is it because you have anxiety that's on there is it just because you want to drink and then I'd also question myself I'm like okay so what's the consequences of it what does this decision do you know after that's on there and then I would try to replace it with something else huh so I think throughout the whole process I realized you know like, after this, I don't feel like I'm going to go back to, like, drinking, like, how I was before. Like, and that was probably the well, pandemic. What answer did you come 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 across? Like, when you asked yourself that, what, what, what was the answer? To what was, like, my main Yeah, problem? like, why did you want that beer? No. Like, you wanted a beer, so why did you want it? Was well, it because of anxiety? Because you wanted to unwind? What was anxiety, it? Anxiety, unwinding, and boredom. Like, those three. Like, oh, so all, it was a combination. It was a combination of those okay. three. That's on there. Well, okay, so put a percentage to those three. Was it like 33% across the Anxiety board? Anxiety was like 50%, boredom 25%, and the other 25% I just wanted to unwind. Just relax. So probably like yeah. 50% anxiety that's on there too as well. So now but, that, okay, well I guess COVID is actually rising again, but <laughs> you know, I personally don't give that much more, don't give that much of a shit about it anymore. You know, so what's your feelings on it now? COVID? Yeah. Um, Are you more or less scared of it than you were in March? Oh, or we'll less say, scared. We'll say April. Less scared, definitely. Okay. Because I remember March and April was like an everyday thing where I was like... It was a daily thing, right? It was outside. changing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hung out with Andrew Dillon the other night and uh, he was talking and we were like, Tiger King was four months ago. That seems so long right? ago. This seems like a fucking year and a half ago, like doesn't it? Ago. Yeah, it's like, oh shit. Everybody was talking about that for like, maybe two weeks, maybe. You know, it's like, and then all of a sudden, what is it, 16, 18 weeks later, nobody's talking about it and it seems like it's a year. Like, that's not that long, man. March to June? This year through, uh, July, has I guess? felt like four. Right. It seems like this year's taken five years. It really does. Like, I just want this to all go back to normal and we'll live happily ever after with our miserable lives. (laughs) But to what you said, like, earlier that was on there, well, like, March versus, like, now that's on there, I am definitely, like, less worried for a couple different reasons is I think more people are actually doing the whole social distancing and masks even despite what like the media says that's on there and then also too as well it's just like also like i'm back to like working you know since may so it's like i don't have to you know i don't like the idea of like relying on the government at all times Mm. 
you know. So it's like the financial stuff too as well. It's right. The, it's not just the mental state. It's also the, the financial state. Now that you have a steady, uh, steady job, I put that in quotes. Yeah. Because just, you work on commission. Um, but because you have a steady job and a steady income. Right. Dude, that right. has significant. I'm sure that's significantly lowered your anxiety. I yes, mean, like, of course. Absolutely, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. when I was like. 100%. When we got furloughed, I was like. Holy shit, I have not not worked since I was like 14 years old. Yeah, dude, this <laughs> I was like, is the that was like ever 15 years old ago. I was like, even I was doing something like mowing lawns, you know, shoveling snow, right. having my my first job when I was 16. I was like, this is beyond weird. And I'm I telling you, man, like, like this is the longest I've ever not worked. Yeah. Like, it's been since March. I haven't had a steady job like, like you're describing since March. Yes. Like, I mean, I volunteer here and there. Um, and you know, I, I help up my mom because it's my family business. I can't see that shit fail. But what I will, but, what I will compliment you on is that you're willing to be patient enough to seek a job that's going to, Oh, I wasn't going to take a fucking part-time minimum wage job. No fucking way would I no, do that. No, I'm not even saying that. You're oh. not, you're not, you're not seeking or you're not willing to accept for bare minimum or like I'm not gonna, something yeah. that's below from what you could accomplish. Oh, no way. Like, I know my worth. I know there's my value. A lot, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people out there that are just like, I'm going to take whatever is But at the same is. time, if I was in their situation, I probably would take whatever's in my... Because my, uh, I'm not hurting for money, you know? Right. But also, there's a lot of people out there that would accept it. They would think in their mind that it's temporary, and then it turns into permanently, too, as well. What do you mean by that? So... Like, they'll accept a job, right? Because they're like, I need money right now, so they'll do a part-time job. Oh, and then they Or like a full-time yeah. job where it okay. just has guaranteed money by based upon the amount of hours that you work. And then eventually it just becomes into something where they stop searching for a better yeah, job. Yeah, the ambition goes away. Yeah, the, the ambition, ambition goes away. Yeah. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's all. Yeah, I got you. I don't see that with you at all. No, no way. Like, I, <laughs> my ambition is a never-ending fucking gas tank. Right. So um, even if, like, you were in a position... Where you would just get like a part time. I'm just saying, for example, if I if I was in their position, that's what I would do. Yeah, is I would, would find a job for money, but I wouldn't stay there because ex- I know that's not my work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got. It. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, that's 100 percent me. Yeah, you you nailed you nailed it. But um, that's the thing though is, I saw this pandemic coming since January, so I saved up almost every single paycheck from my job that I was at, mm-hmm. and spent like what I, I spent money on the the, the important sh- on the important ship it was like utilities the mortgage and food and food yeah. <laughs> like barely any food honestly because I was eating at the restaurant mostly yeah minimal entertainment yeah minimal yeah yeah it. and like yeah poker I, I spend like twenty dollars a week on poker right yeah and uh other than that you know I was putting everything away because I knew this is going to get bad. I definitely have saved more money during this pandemic or whatever, but I think that's also because it's made me realize what's my spending and what's important. Exactly. I think I've been able. I actually did like a like a like a full budget, but like I did like where where does my spending go? Mm-hmm. And you're actually was, visualizing it. Like yeah, and then I was it. like, man, that kind of was a wake up call for me. I'm like, I spend too much money there. I spend too much money there. And do you use like it. an app or was it like? Nope, I just did pen and kind of, paper. You just wrote it all down? I wrote it all pen and paper. I was like, let's let's do my yearly income divided by 12. That's on there. This is kind of what your budget is. Sure. And then map out everything from housing, car, entertainment, food, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I was like, pieced together. I was like, do I need this? Do I need that? Did you look at your bank statement and shit too? Like every transaction you did, you know, like why the fuck did I spend 20 bucks there? Like I, I could did, just I, easily not spend yeah, that. Yeah, no, I did do that for um, like food and drinks. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, I was like, why I did, did I spend yeah. that for that? Yeah. I used uh, YNAB. You guys should sponsor my podcast, uh, which is You Need a Budget. So, and uh, I bought it for a year. So a year uh, budget. Okay. Um, and, it, and it literally, you get to link up your, your bank account and all your savings accounts and all, everything else, everything else that, that brings you in money. And then it puts the money in like a little bank and you have to uh, allocate a dollar to every single thing that's in your budget for that month. So at the time I had uh, my, my lawyer bill from the DUI. She? And I also had um, my mortgage, utilities, entertainment, blah, 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 blah. Sure, right? okay. And then every transaction would be tied to each one of those categories. Okay. So every transaction would, would deduct a little bit of money I allocated towards each one of those categories. And when I hit the maximum I could spend in that category, I just stopped doing what that was. And, you know, like some of them were fixed expenses like my mortgage and utilities right. and the, the lawyer bill and all that shit. Um, but after the fixed ones, there was the variable ones, which was like entertainment, groceries, what gas, you know, like car maintenance, all that shit. And um, I was noticing the the categories I was overspending in. Okay. And when I when I noticed that, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't have to spend it there. I can cut that out every time. I didn't have to spend it there. I can cut that out every time. You know, like. And just little by little, I was saving close to like, I'm just, I'm doing the math in my head right now. Uh, probably like $450 wow, a month. Wow, dude, that's a lot. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's more than a car payment for most people. Yeah, you know? that's, and I was that's like, a lot. That was over the course of like probably three to four months. But like eventually it's just like, that's a whole fucking payment I could be putting towards like my student loans or something. That compounds you know? into that, yeah. vacation. Like, and with, and with the combination of doing the YNAB budget and uh, my mom switching up my car, you know, because yeah. I didn't have a car payment anymore, the combination of those two savings yeah. was close to eight to $900 a month, depending on, like, the variability of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I did is I just kept putting that away or putting it towards the high-interest uh, bills I had, which was the, my uh, lawyer bill. It was, most, it was the biggest one. I think what I like about that app, how you guys are describing it, is because it starts from basically from the top to the bottom on there, a lot of people look at it to what they're like, what is my potential to make instead of fixating it on a set number of what your bills are at, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, kind some of people, it. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. people are like, I can make this much amount that's on there instead of it's like, you don't know that for a fact yet. Well, let me let me throw this by you too, is you actually make more money when you save a dollar. Look at it like this. Every dollar you make at work, so say you sell an extra plan, right? Sure. Say you made $100 on that plan. Okay. How much did you take home from that $100? $70? Taxes, dollars? Like 68, 60, 68. 60, say you made $70. Okay, let's just go 70. Okay. Now, you, uh, you're leasing a car. Okay. Okay. And you realize that if you just buy an old 2010 Chevy S10 for like, Whatever it is, say you're leasing a car for three hundred fifty dollars, okay, and you can buy a Chevy S10, a, a twenty ten Chevy S10 for two hundred and fifty dollars a month, okay. So you saved a hundred dollars, 
Right. Right? So you stop that lease, and now you're paying for this shittier car, essentially, but for $100 uh, less per month. Compounded over years. No, no, not even that. Don't even worry about that. Right. Just how much... We're talking about you made $100, but you only took home 70 Okay. So you saved $100. That's not taxed. So you technically, if you save $100, you saved $133 because that's money that you, if you, if you put ah, it the other way, yeah. you'd have been losing 30 bucks. But if you save that much money, you actually gain that money that would have been actually been spent somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. So saving money actually puts more money in your pocket than, than earning money. I've, I've always felt that concept too as well where it's like, if you make as much, like, you can make the, all the money in the world that you want, but if you can't dictate or change, like, spending habits or you can't dictate, like, how much you spend on certain things, it doesn't matter how much money in the world you make if you don't have some torp of discipline. Exactly. Well, I mean, discipline's the foundation of any sort of, you know, anything you do in life. But, I mean, but yeah, you're right. Like, if you don't, if you can't, if if your lifestyle keeps increasing with the money amount of money you make, you're never gonna make more money. Right, <laughs> you're exactly. just gonna be all. You're gonna always be broke. And they and they say that you know yeah. money makes more of who you actually are. Mm-hmm. Too as yeah. well. That's on there. Whereas I mean, we don't. I don't know this for a fact that. But if like let's say just someone was like, Brandon, you want a million dollars? I'd be figuring out my hardest to see how long I can make that last. Well, it's not even necessarily making it last. If if, if somebody just gave you a million dollars, I'd be thinking how much money I could make on that money. Okay. You know, it's not necessarily like oh, I need to stretch this out for my whole life. It's more like, oh fuck, I could put five hundred thousand dollars into a new business. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how much will that new business make me over thirty years? How would That'd I be make, way more than a million dollars. How you would know? I make that money make me more money? Exactly. Yeah, and 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 then stretch the more money you make <laughs> into stretching your lifetime you know instead of like oh i have this set amount of money i have to make that last it's how can i make this into this and then make this the money you have to stretch (laughs) you know what do you uh i'm gonna kind of bring it back to the original conversation what do you think uh the pandemic or coronavirus we're talking about that (laughs) what, what do you think that has like made people realize the most or like what do you think it's creating bro I honestly don't know. Hmm. Like, if because I don't trust anything I see on the media anymore. Oh, yeah, like even alter, even the alternative media, the shit I was actually following for a while. Because it's like everybody spins what you think the world is. You know, I was thinking. I was actually talking to Jake about this today, actually. Your view of the world mm-hmm. is shaped by other people. Yeah. Think about this. I asked Jake this hypothetical question this morning. Could you go back and live a normal life in 1955 right now? What year, sorry? 1955. The radio just came out. It's the new mass media. <sighs> That'd be tough. Highly doubtful. Yeah. Now think about how much your perspective is morphed because of how much you're staring at your phone. Because of how much you watch on TV. Because of what you see on the internet. Yeah. How much of your perspective has changed from, from that? 
A lot. All of it. Yeah. 99% of it is, is from what you see on screens. Yeah. So, what I'm getting at is the fact that you don't control what's on that screen, no matter what. The only thing you control is what biased narrative you want it to spin from. You know, like, whatever story somebody else wants to tell you, that's the only thing you get to control is who gets to tell you that story. Back in 1955, you actually had to go talk to people. You had to see people's reactions. You had to actually interact with people. Everybody had the same news source. Everybody had a fucking newspaper and the radio. Everybody had to hear and talk and interact with people. And then Nowadays, nobody does that anymore. You get way more of a conversation when you're face to face with somebody than you do when you're texting. Right. You know? So like I think technology literally has a stranglehold on society. Like it's not letting go. And it's gonna take a fucking I don't wanna say this out loud, but a fucking World War uh, electronic World War Three to bring us back to humanity. Mm. I don't know how I got on that tangent, but like that's how I feel, man. Like it's I, I am Oh yeah, because you asked me how you, how I think people feel about the the coronavirus. Yeah, the only way I know how people feel is, is all the people I've interacted with, and that's my family and some of the customers at the restaurant. To be honest with you, yeah, and, and the people at the gym. So from my perspective, I think people are okay. I think people have stopped giving a fuck about it. I, I would agree with you. And and if and if that's the case then why the fuck is the media still pushing it as if it's the biggest thing in the world? Hmm. Because that's the narrative they want to spin at you. They want you to be nervous about everything. I don't think the world is that bad off. <laughs> no, yeah, like recently, right now, everything's like COVID is rising, that's on there, you need to do more and more and more, that's on there, but like people can only be cooped up for so long that's on there. And yeah, and and everybody's perspective is just—it's different, you know. Like you can't you can't paint a broad brush on society right now, you know. Like whosoever perspective or whoever you ask will probably have the same. Well, will have a different answer. I mean, you know, like. Their grandma might be completely, utterly petrified from this stuff, but everybody in my family doesn't give a shit. Their perspective is, oh, fuck, the whole world is scared, when when my perspective is nobody gives a shit. What do you think, uh, like, this is very broad, but, like, how do you feel like the world, how is the world, or America, with two situations? If there is a vaccine, if there isn't a vaccine. I'm going to say that relatively, like, soon, like, either this year or next year. Well, I don't know. I'm no medical expert, so take everything I say these these next few sentences with a grain of salt. So, or anything I say with a grain of salt. Um, but when it comes to vaccines, so are you talking about like the actual coronavirus subsiding and like just ceasing to exist? If yeah, if there is, do you a think vaccine, that could happen? Potentially, yeah. Okay. So that's saying that the vaccine actually works and eradicates it. There's a vac- There's two vaccines for the flu and it hasn't eradicated it. Mm, okay. This virus is the exact same components of the flu, I guess. You know, I don't fucking know. I'm not a, a virologist, you know. But I'm a, from what I've heard over the last few months is the fact that this virus 
acts as if it's the flu. You know, it's just has a longer incubation period. That's basically what I'm getting at. Is, yeah. is what I what is the understanding? And, and it's more they're just now finding that even a few seconds in the sun kills it. Right. So like staying at home was probably the worst thing they could have told people to do. But um, either way, um, so from back to your question about the virus ceasing to exist. That's saying that even even it can't even if it, it this might be the new normal this might just be a new virus you have to work with all the time. It could very well be yes. You know and uh, and and what, what do you think my what do you think my opinion is on the on the vaccine itself if we even will have one? Uh, not not on the vaccine. Uh, more so, how does society reflect? Like how does society operate? Like, do we go back to what we were doing? Oh, like but, back to, like, pre-pandemic times? Yeah, do we go to that? Is there some pre-pandemic with, like, new things? Like, Give me specific examples. Like, um, So, it's like, there is a vaccine, right? And how you say where... Um, but there's still, like, elements, like how you said, like, with the flu that's on there. Like, how do schools operate, like, that's on there? Where it's very rare that... Like, if you take, like, the vaccine that's on there, you know, somebody else could get it. Like, how do schools operate? Well, um, okay, so more kids die from the flu than they do of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And they still operate back pre-pandemic times at, like it's nothing with the flu. Right. Like, the flu was a non-issue with every school ever. <laughs> right. But all of a sudden, the coronavirus that literally doesn't kill kids... You know, or a very small, small, small percentage of these kids. They act like it's the fucking end of the world. They act like it's the apocalypse. When in reality, hey, make the kids wear masks masks, and make the vulnerable teachers wear, teachers wear masks. And problem fucking solved. Send the kids back to fucking school. Right. <laughs> like, I, I can't be the only one talking, saying shit like this, you know? Like, I think there needs to be more studies on, like, the antibodies part because like I said if this is like the flu that's on there and there isn't in a vaccine so we're going to the opposite there isn't a vaccine like we're going to have to figure out a way to to manage it like we're going to have to figure out a way to manage it that's on there meaning they need to study more people that have the antibodies on there and then study is it like just like how their body is designed or is it something like decisions that they made to get over, you know, coronavirus. Hmm. Yeah. Like, were they were they resting when they got it? Were they hydrating that was on it? You know, what were the decisions that's on there? Or is it just purely, when you get it that's on there, it's how, like, you know, how healthy you are? Huh. So, like, they just... You're saying that they need more information. Absolutely. You know, like they need, uh, uh, I understand what you're saying, but it's hard to put into words. Um, like you need to, they need to study more. You need to metadata that shit. You know, like here's the symptoms. This is, if you have these symptoms, this, you for sure have it. You need to get tested and they need more testing. So the fact that, um, and and when they realize that you have it, what to do from there? Thank you. Yes. yes. So like, 
you've got a problem, how do we find a solution to the problem? And if there isn't a solution to the problem, how do you how do you reduce the? So if there's not a, so easiest way easiest answer to if there's no solution to the problem of coronavirus, it's like well there's no solution to the flu either. So what do we do? <laughs> we just go go to a new normal. That's just we just live with it. You know, yeah, it's we, like I would kind of be curious to study like what the new normal was after the flu. I mean, I don't even know when the. the I think. Everything was absolutely batshit chaos when the flu came out. Yeah. That there wasn't really a normal. You know, there wasn't even mass media when the flu came out. Oh, yeah. It's been that long ago. Yeah. And I have this fucking text that I'm I'm, I'm talking to Adam with about how there hasn't been a world war since the invention of mass media. Mm -hmm. So I think that's more... I'm getting paranoid now. Uh, (laughs) I think that's more evidence towards a deep state. Is the fact that the only way the deep state works is through mass media and propaganda. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, propaganda being, like, false stories that they implant with the media saying that uh, such and such happened when it really didn't, you know. Or, right. you know, boosting their troops up in a loss or some shit like that. Okay. And the reason that mass media has, a sh- like, a fucking, you know, like a noose on the public is because they can actually have uh, disinformation campaigns. Mm -hmm. So, like, they can say, like, um, they can divide and conquer, you know, just like what Fox and CNN or whoever the fuck else you want to think of. Oh, yeah. You know, like, they can divide the people so that they can't come together for a common cause, which would be, hey, let's stop the fucking wars. You know, like, stop, stop a war that we've been in for 17 years. You know? I think that Mass media is the culprit of all of that, but ultimately, <laughs> it has it has culminated into a good thing, to where we haven't had a World War Two in what almost eighty years now. Has it been uh, nineteen forty? Yeah, eighty years. Forties and fifties. I mean, people could say what they want about World War Three when I put in quotations after. You know, that's on there from their, you know, early 2000s. But that hasn't been technically labeled World War Three. What? Afghanistan? Yeah, Afghanistan, Iran. No way. Like, we're the ones doing it all, you know? Right. Well, fuck. It'll be interesting to see how that gets viewed, like, down in history books later. Like, think, like, 40 years from now. What are they going to say about this, this, this era? Is it going to be the say, war on terrorism? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Our great-grandchildren... Okay, they're ten years old, and they're in fourth grade. What are they reading in the history books about this year, twenty twenty? <laughs> <laughs> this year sucked, twenty twenty. Maybe. Like, what do you think? Like, uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe they were like, in twenty twenty, was the year that America showed its humility, showed that it wasn't the best in the world actually got dragged back down to the foundation. And from that foundation, they built themselves up over the next 20 years and became even bigger superpower. I hope you're right. but I mean, I hope I'm right, too. That was very optimistic of me. That was very <laughs> optimistic. I don't know yet on that. Well, I know, it's, it's very, like... Like, I can see this as the... Ans- it, so, okay, I see it as a crux. Right, so I see it as a fork in the road. 
I see it as very, very bad, which normally is where my mind goes, like, in my day-to-day operations. It's like, there is no hope for this fucking world. And then I see it also being very, very good, too, because just like a phoenix, it rises up out of the ashes. Okay. This is by far the worst era Dude, this is the craziest thing that has happened. Yeah, this this is the worst era. The last, say, four years is the worst era in the United States history since the Great Depression. Maybe even before. World War One. You know? Yeah. That's a lot. That's over a third of what our fucking nation has been exist for. Yeah. No, let me put that <laughs> like, I want to... Here's a good question. What in, a, in American history, what period in American history has been worse than this time time period? Like, I'm thinking, like, maybe the Civil War. <laughs> like, because that's just American on American death. But, like... It, you would either argue World War One or Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even World War Two, because technically we were on the verge of losing that for a long, for a little bit, you know? Yeah. So... Fuck, man. I dude, my whole viewpoint on the world down the road is is I think there's such a drastic difference between younger people and older people. That's very broad. That's not, I just think there's such a drastic difference that like I feel like 20 years from now or whatever. Do you it, think like, that we're the older people to the generation now? Say, say again. We're the old people to the generation now? Maybe. I tell you what, man. Like I had to, I did a Google search today. Like, so in my Google search, what if a hacker got my ISP address? I had no idea, you know. Wow. And like, there is like, if you want to be worried, Google that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm stay away a, from that. It is a rabbit hole, you know. And I am definitely going to buy ExpressVPN. You should sponsor my spot, my podcast. But um. No, like, I'm for real going to buy, like, a VPN, like, a, a virtual private network where you can, like, uh, jump your IP address from anywhere in the world. Okay. <laughs> because it's they scary get your, what's out there. Yeah, bro. Like, it's ridiculously scary. And you know what's even scarier is the fact that I put all this shit into context. You know, I, I talked about how, like, the, the uh, society has a stranglehold by technology, right? Your technology has a stranglehold on, te- yeah. on society. Well... Look at this as like a like a three-headed fucking monster, right? This one is a little fucking uh, small guy, right? This is this is society, the okay. smallest he- the smallest head of the monster. Small head society. Okay. This is technology. Uh, um, for the podcaster, this is just a bigger monster, and this bigger monster is eating society, right? Okay. Okay. So technology has a stranglehold on society. So it's just like it's just the bigger fish, right? So think of this one now. So this is fucking the uh, society. So it's eating technology. Eating, no, technology eating society. What's well, eating technology? Yeah. No, technology is eating society. So it has so, a strict So now what? This is the people who actually program technology. Oh. And the people who program technology are also the fucking hackers of technology. So these motherfuckers control the world. Right? Essentially. Right? Yeah. You know, because... How much of your life, how much, put a percentage on your on your life that's dictated by technology prior to the radio. Prior to, how, so like the radio, so so like say your car, your, so anything in your car okay. that's not Bluetooth is not technology. Okay. So how much of that do I consume other than radio? Yeah. 
eighty percent minimum. Easily, probably ninety nine, uh, closer to ninety nine percent. Like I'm, I'm talking like major decisions in your life, uh, uh, major conversations you have. You you know like the moments you feel alive. You have that vitality. What are you looking at? What are you doing? Where are you at? You're usually watching something. You're watching a fucking funny ass movie, or reading you're an article, reading an article on your phone, or I'm reading a podcast, watching a YouTube video, or, listening to a podcast. Yeah. yeah, like those are the things that's happening, and what's dictating it? It's technology. Okay. Right. Right. So if somebody has control of that and is able to manipulate the technology into whatever the hell you want your perspective to be, they can manipulate whatever the hell you want to fucking perceive. Right? right? So the hackers have a fucking control on society. <laughs> Where do you want to be in the, in the, uh, at the end of the world? You want to be on the hacker side, man. Like, you want to have the control of the technology. <laughs> that controls the world. Man. Yeah, dude. Like, I haven't read the, uh, the Unabomber's fucking... You know who the Unabomber is? Mm-hmm. Ted Kaczynski? He, uh... He wanted to kill like famous scientists uh, working to per- for the pursuit of technology back in the sixties. Mm. He had, he was like he had his brain fried on like uh, LSD and shit with the MK Ultra experiments. Okay, but um, I kind of feel like him when I start thinking about technology and 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 the and the absolute like vice grip it has on people. You know you know when I started realizing this when T Mobile went down. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. When T-Mobile went down, I couldn't contact my family. I felt powerless. I felt like I didn't have a purpose anymore in life. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Like it's not even a joke, man. Like I felt dead to the world. Because once they take over, because it severed my connection to my family. And how do you have communication? How do you have connection with your family via technology? Yeah. The things you care most about in life is connected by technology. Yeah. And when that gets severed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's deep shit, man. And it's like, I, 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 as much as I try and communicate this to people, they're just like, oh, well, Dan's fucking crazy, you know? But like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck, maybe I am. Without, maybe there's like without, giant lobsters following me or some shit. But... That was on there. We'd have no communication. No, none. People don't even know how to communicate uh, in person anymore. Because it's such a different way. Yeah. How, like, think of the last girl you went up to at a bar. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Ooh, that was probably like three years ago, dude. Mm-hmm. And was it a girl you already knew? No. No? No. You actually talked to a girl you didn't know? Yeah. Okay, good for you, man. Like... I don't know if I've ever gone up to a girl I don't know um, in the bar. I mean, the conversation went for like five to ten minutes, and then, uh, like, I bought her a drink or whatever, and it just wasn't leading anywhere, so I was like, yeah, I tried. Damn. <laughs> Good for you, man. Like, I was like, whatever. Like, I don't even do that, man. Like, Well, yeah, it's because it's like, it goes both sexes, you know, both women and men, but it's like, because of technology... Not very many people just have a face-to-face conversation. People don't know how to do it anymore. You know, that's one of the biggest reasons for this podcast. Is because, yeah, I can t- I can text all of my, my, my friends, but it's not the fucking same thing. You know? Like, 
I'll send you a funny-ass GIF or a funny fucking article or some ridiculous uh, YouTube video. But until we have, like, a conversation like this, to where we can actually read each other and actually bounce ideas off each other... And it's also, like, the idea it's not of, like, genuine. Yeah. texting, too, is, like, how much of that could you say in real person? Like, exactly. Like, like how much of the message do you actually receive? You know? Like, yeah, you got, you got the fucking... Uh, 50% at best of it, you know, but everyone, there's also fucking social cues, there's also yeah. fucking body language, you know, there's there's intent, you yeah. know, like, I could say something ridiculously sarcastic over text, but, like, they think it is literal, and they get offended by it or some shit, you know? Like... So, um, I'm gonna kind of get out of, like, the pandemic or whatever, so it's... It's the 4th of July, man. Fuck yeah, it is. Happy B-Day to America. B-Day to America. So it's at the halfway point of 2020, right? Sure. This year, right? Yeah. Kind of what, what did it, like, my whole sobriety or whatever you would call it, 75 days of alcohol, I started thinking more, what do I want to accomplish the rest of the year? So, like, what are some things that, like, we're at the halfway point of 2020, man. I know it's been a rough first half or whatever, but, like, what are some of your goals or, like, what are some of the things that you want to do? For the rest of 2020. I actually have them all written down. Let me go get it real quick. Oh, okay. I've had it written down since uh, January, or I guess December of last year. That's pretty cool. I've written down some things, but not everything. Now, look at this shit, bro. I'll bring it over, I guess. Man, bring it over for the podcast. Huh? Yeah, bring it over for the podcast. I've updated it every, uh, every month of the way. Let's go to July. So you have an actual timeline and then the projected timeline. And look how many fucking X's are in the projected timeline. You know, I was like, I was moving to Tennessee. I know, man. <laughs> and that's yeah. fucking done. I was like, a couple months ago, I was looking for a new apartment. Yeah, and it's fucking crazy. Like and how quickly your life could change. I was like, man, I'm gonna reassess everything. Might be looking for a new job. Okay. So I see a lot of yours is related to either financial health reasons, which is what most people are, and that's a lot of mine too as well. Oh wait, that was the back half of the structure. I like what you wrote here. You said put structure back in life. So something that like the sobriety did is um, I realized how much like I missed like having like daily. Uh, structure or whatever. Yeah. So like I found like my life operates the best. I don't do it like so tonight. I don't know if you knew like dude like I was trying to run around going to the grocery store and I didn't run this morning so I was like fuck I gotta go run so I went at 11 o'clock at night nice. to the track and I was like I gotta go run at least you know two miles in between or whatever. Oh yeah. But like how you said on here for put structure in your life that dude I think that's so important. Oh dude. I think yeah because if I don't operate under structure. Then I get, my mind gets busy. It's not even just my mind. Is my, my, I don't operate well when I have too much time. That's mm. something. Because I'll make bad decisions that in the moment sound good, but then down the road they hurt that way. Yeah. So, so I like what you put on there for put structure back oh, yeah. in life. But yeah, like on a normal day, like, like, 
I don't usually go to work until like 11, 12, 10, 30. Structure-wise, the best structure that I do is if I wake up in the morning, I try to have lemon water in the morning. So it kind of like makes my digestive system working well. And I take a shower that's on there. And then for like the next like half hour to hour, like I read, look stuff up on like on the internet that's on there for like finances, sports, and news that's on there. Yeah. And then I go like do some type of like workout running or whatever that's on there. And I feel so much better about the day. Good. I have yeah. Way more energy that's on there. Oh yeah. And then the biggest thing that's the toughest thing to have structure that's on there is. Like how you said, you are what you eat that's on there. <laughs> that's going to provide energy and everything else instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go make this decision that's on there. And then it's like, wow, I just went and ate like, let's just say Jimmy John's or McDonald's or whatever. I say consumed a bunch of fucking ton of carbs and stuff or whatever. And then I feel like shit for the rest of the day. And I'm like, okay, so then what does that affect? So I like that you have that in your on there. Put kind of structure because... That's kind of what the whole 75 days for me. It wasn't just the fact that... Well, if you see before the structure part, it was the drug haze. <laughs> yeah. I, like, with Rachel and I, we were hanging out almost every day during the quarantine. If you remember that. Like, probably five to six times a week. Right? And right, we were but, smoking pot, eating edibles, and getting drunk as fuck almost every night of the quarantine. But, you know, every everybody gets affected differently by stuff, too, right. as well. It, it, was de- it was definitely, for me, if I'm being honest with myself, it was anxiety. Or still is anxiety. Uh, like, uh, what was that fucking word? Pushing it down? Um, lowering it. Yeah, anxiety, lowering my anxiety. That, like, that was then and still is currently the reason why I still drink. Um, but yeah, so if if you see after the the drug haze part of that was get structure, it was like holy shit, I can't live like this every single day. And I like I'm like definitely like I like the taste of alcohol. I like trying different beers. But one thing it did make me realize is what makes me want to drink, and then like identifying the reasons. So I think like. Like, from here on out, July till the end of, you know, the rest of the year that's on there, I don't think I'm going to be drinking that much. And when I do that's on there, I think it's going to be more social aspects well, than yeah. anything else. Yeah, that's the only way it should be, man. Like, um, is when you're just drinking just to feel something. You and know, I, like, I, I went through that. Yeah, I definitely went through that period in my life. Like that is a uh, scary road to go down, you know. Yes. And I don't recommend anybody do it. But if you're currently doing that, you need to get off that path because. Right. And you need to find better solutions to either release anxiety. Whatever's better. making you pick that drink up is honestly like that is what they need to work on, yeah. you know. And if that's like repression of memories, or if that's like childhood trauma. Like, be a man. Like, not even necessarily that. It's just more so like, quit being scared, and go and and dive into it and figure out figure so, it the fuck out. So it's exactly know? what you're saying. I think it made me realize I need to deal more with my problem. Yeah, you can't just fucking shove it away as if it's gonna go away. That's how you know. Like that never fucking happens. I need to deal more with my problems than just like oh like alcohol is always gonna be there. Yeah, dude. That's that's alcohol is like putting 
So if you drink uh, for trauma, you know, say like, I don't know, say say something really bad happens to somebody, right? Okay. Um, I don't want to like make specific situations of people I know. <laughs> so like, say something just terrible, traumatic happens to somebody, right? And they use alcohol as their coping mechanism to forget about that said tragedy. Okay. All that does is make that said tragedy a problem for it's uh, for a, another week or another day it's just or another hour. It's manifesting more problems. Exactly. So it's just pro- postponing your problems is all alcohol does. You know, it's like okay, well my alcohol, well my problems don't bother me tonight. Cool. All right. Well, we'll we'll take care. We'll we'll deal with that tomorrow, or we'll deal with that next week, or thank God I paid my mortgage this week. I can drink a little bit this week, or thank God I paid my mortgage. This week, I can I can drink a little bit in the early part of the month and then worry about my mortgage at the end of the month. One decision doesn't get to equal one bad one, decision. Exactly, yes. One good decision doesn't equal one bad decision. That goes straight back to the beginning of this podcast where if you do more things consistently right than, than, than bad things, mm-hmm. you're going to have a better life. <laughs> so, yeah. And you have to be honest with the bad things in your life. That's what I like the most. That's what was the most satisfying part of the 75-day journey is it made me realize more I have to deal with my problems. Yeah, that's man. That's, that's the biggest thing. That's it. And like I have, That's I have probably more, like 99% of society, too. I know. <laughs> you know? It was just weird because like, you know, I was drinking a lot more than usual I was doing. And then I was like, huh, let me just try something a little bit hard here. And I was like, man. Yeah, and uh, human beings, we we fucking strive for doing doing difficult things, you know. Like that's, that's what what gives us meaning. That's, <laughs> that's why you grow as a person. Yeah, like that's why you see all these fuck ups that, that like these trust fund babies are all fuck ups, you know, or they're never happy, or like they they have this giant gap in their heart that they can't seem to fill with money. They've never been because they've never fucking challenge. done anything challenging. Yeah, yeah. I get it, man. But 75-day journey, man, it's been kind of cool. I think I'm going to do... I don't know if Happy I'm going to do something... I don't know if I'm going to do something like this year or next year. I've been kind of bouncing ideas like 75 days of like, you know, fast food. Because I think that would be... Dude, I, whatever whatever next thing you in, next thing you do, I'm in. Like, I'll do it with you. Like, 100%. I don't know if I want to do like, no fast food. If I want to do like, no masturbation, no sex. 75 uh, days, no jerking off? Bro... <laughs> Have, wait, hold I'll on. be hitting up every hell I know. Hey, have you, have, <laughs> God have damn. you heard this new thing with like the like the NBA bubble, right, or whatever? Uh-uh. You need to go check it out sometime. So, like Stephen A. Smith, they were like, because you know the bubble, like what they're trying to propose right now if for that is where you know you go to a city or whatever, and they're going to play the sport or whatever. And Stephen A. brought up, he's like, somebody's got to say it. How do these expect these grown men to go three weeks without? Mm-hmm, it's <laughs> true, bro. Yeah, wise, he's like they're gonna smuggle. And I'm it's, like, it's not it's, even nece- it's, it's not even necessarily men, though. Let's think about this. It's just natural biology. Think how horny you are on a daily basis. Oh, dude. They we'll say hourly basis. Fuck it, with me at least. And it's like, and I'm a fucking 29 year old man who's like not even as athletic as he was back in high school. Right. Now think about a 26 year old NBA athlete who is. Pumped full of testosterone and a dick the fucking size of gar- of fucking Empire State Building. Yes. 
You think that motherfucker's not going to go lay pipe every hour of the day? Oh, He's dude, not playing basketball? You're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Uh, yeah. Dude, I was laughing so hard. And then the best thing was Molly, the commentator that on the show. I bet she acted all she, though, she was like offended. She's like, well, they have ping pong. And he goes, ping pong? Ping pong? They're not slapping the ball with their dicks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Natural biology is going to take over. Yes. Yeah. That was just... God damn, dude. Like... But yeah, I think uh, the next thing that I want to do for like the 75... I don't know, but I'll let you know, man. Hell yeah, man. It sounds like fun. I like doing difficult things. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens that's on there, man. So, I think it's been a great podcast for this one that's on here. Hell yeah. Let's end it because I want to listen to some music, too. So. And I don't want to get sued. So, bye, everybody. Say bye. Bye, guys.